My name is Mary Elsie Blair. I was born in Ovid, Colorado, and grew up in Sterling, Colorado. I had five older brothers. I am the baby, only girl, and only living sibling left. I was a single parent of four, one boy and three girls. There is a nine and a half year age difference between my boy and first girl. I worked full time in various places of employment, including as a paraprofessional for many years. I was also a receptionist. I have worked with children and elderly most of my life. I am a two-time retiree. I have faced many challenges, including the loss of my youngest daughter, who passed at, 40, at 34 years old. I know through adversity, prayer, and positively, a person can get through anything. By the grace of God, I survived a heart attack April 2nd, 2021. I, went, I ended up having a stint April 3rd of 2021 and double bypass done April 6th, 2021. I am here for a reason. My chapter in this book is Finding Peace. This is a story about my daughter, Tina, who taught me the greatest miracle in life, love. Tina Louise Blair was born September 9, 1975, in Sterling, Colorado. She was the youngest of her family. She had one older brother and two older sisters. Tina and I had a strong bond because I ended up hemorrhaging later after she was born. I was hospitalized and given several blood transfusions. We had a special bond in the beginning of her life. My son asked me if he could name Tina. I told him that he could. Tina Louise was the name he chose. He named her after the famous actress Ginger from Gilligan's Island. Tina was an incredible human being. She was so loving, caring, funny, serious, compassionate, and so much more. Tina's school days were challenging. She had some trouble with classes. However, she was exceptional and She played pool with her sister Lena and they ended up receiving trophies from tournaments they played in. She also had a passion for chess. She at the time was the only girl playing. She won many tournaments and was proud of herself as was I. She wanted to be a police officer when she grew up. She was a part of the explorers at the Lupton Police Department where she was able to go on rides and experience what actual police officers experienced firsthand. Tina endured a lot through her short time on earth. She had an episode of Bell's Palsy while in high school, but that didn't stop her from being herself. She graduated from Fort Lupton High School of 1994. People bragged about our graduation parties and how good the food was. The biggest challenge Tina faced was when she became ill from her liver. In 2000, Tina became ill. I took her to several doctors until a diagnosis was found. It was determined that she had cirrhosis of the liver. 
People hear cirrhosis and think drinker. Tina was a social drinker, but not an alcoholic. Doctors thought that cirrhosis was caused by excessive medication use of Tylenol or a tattoo she had on her ankle. She called me one day saying that she wasn't feeling well. I went to see her and noticed she was jaundiced. Upon several doctor visits and testing, Tina was hospitalized. Over the years while she was in the hospital, I stayed with her. I slept on a chair in her room. I showered the next day, then went to work. I went home to check on my other daughters, then headed directly to the hospital. I did this many, many times. In September of 2005, Tina's condition became grave. Her liver was failing, and she wasn't in the top 10 on the recipient list for a liver. Thus, she was overweight. She barely made it to Christmas of 2005. Finally, I called January 2006, came in that a liver was available. She had just a few hours to get to the University Hospital in Denver to receive her new liver. Extremely weak, she was able to undergo a liver transplant. She was in surgery for hours. Finally, the doctor came and let her family know that the surgery was a success and she would need time to recover. Everyone was so excited, Tina got a second chance at life and was going to be able to live again. Tina was in the hospital for some time. With her new life came many changes. She would be on many medications for rejection. She ended up losing quite a bit of weight and felt good. Until January of 2007, a year to the transplant date, she began getting sick again. She was in and out of the hospital several times. Medication adjustments, blood work, doctor visits. At the time, Colorado was the only donor registry list. Because she was deathly ill at this point, they expanded it to several other states. Each day was a miracle that she was still here with us. A call finally came on Saturday, October of 2007, that a liver was available and to get to the hospital as soon as possible. The liver was coming from Missouri. She was in surgery by that afternoon. One stipulation to getting her liver was to have a gastric bypass or lap band after being transplanted. Tina opted for a lap band because she wouldn't have made it off the operating table undergoing a gastric bypass. Surgery was a success. She lost weight after her transplant and began enjoying her life, enjoying her third chance at life. In August of 2010, Tina ended up in the hospital as she was retaining fluid. More hospital and doctor visits consumed much of the 2020 year. April 1st, 2011, Tina was in the hospital again. She had been there for several weeks. April 1st, 2011, Tina called a family meeting at the hospital. The doctor, nurse, caseworker, and a few others were there along with her family. Tina was given some bad news. She was in acute labor failure and a third transplant wasn't an option. She then decided that she would enter into palliative care. The doctor gave her 
days to two months to live. Her family was completely devastated. Anna, Tina's big sister, and Lynn, her second older sister, stayed most of the evening with her in her hospital room. She planned her funeral with them, shared memories, made videos. Sister time, this was teen extreme, this was exceptionally special because no one knew how much more time Tina would have been on this earth. Lena ended up going home and Anna stayed the night because she was going to take Tina home in the morning. By morning, Tina had decided to enter hospice versus palliative care. She was a somewhat private person, so many people didn't know she was in hospice care. Her take on hospice is people have you dead and buried before you even die. Bitter sweet. Her family and her few friends were able to enjoy her last few months with her. She was even well enough to make one last trip to her favorite place in the mountains, Black Hawk, Colorado. She lived her life to its fullest. She was such a caring, giving, loving person. She made friends with anyone and everyone. She got to spend her last Mother's Day with her family. I made all of her favorite dishes, chicken mole, rice, mashed potatoes, and dessert. Her family was able to enjoy and make memories. Her condition began getting worse. Hospice is for end-of-life care. They help make you comfortable. Tina had stopped all of her medications. Rejection meds, toxin meds, anything that prolonged life. We were able to spend quality time with Tina, apologizing, telling her we would miss her. Each of us got to spend time with her in private. We talked, we laughed, we cried. On June 6, 2011, Tina was slightly responsive. Anna had gone to stay with her while her roommate went grocery shopping. The morning of June 7, 2011, Tina's roommate called me and said that Tina had a bad night. I got ready and then Anna and I headed to her their apartment. Tina was slightly incoherent. Hospice was called and a bed was brought to Tina's apartment. She was transferred from her bed in her bedroom to the hospital bed in the living room of her apartment. Tina never spoke again. She fell asleep, never to awaken. Family members were by her side day and night. Tina's roommate had nursing experience, so she and Anna took care of her, bathing her, turning her, dressing her, making her presentable. Those, those who we knew Tina know that we always took great, great pride in herself. Getting her pain medication, anxiety medication, and a medication to keep her lungs clear. Round the clock, we sat by her bed. Family and friends brought us food. We shared stories, cried, laughed, sat silent, you name it. Anything to make our time with her memorial. Family and friends came to visit and spent time with Tina. With her. Days later, the priest came to give Tina her last rites. We all prayed Tina's roommate's daughter came in that afternoon after the ceremony crying. 
Tina and her roommate's dog had been hit by a car and killed. It was later that he was headed by to their apartment because he hadn't seen Tina and we were sure he knew something was going on. Tina had phoned another priest from another church where she wanted her funeral services. She hadn't heard from him. He called one day and came over. He stood by her hospital bed and Tina opened her eyes and he spoke to her. She began to cry and couldn't say anything. One evening, we all sat next to her bed, reminiscing and telling stories. We had lit a candle, had on her bed post. We had lit a candle on powerful and put powerful music and just enjoyed the moments. Pretty soon the curtains in the bed. We had lit a candle, had one peaceful music and just enjoyed the moments. Pretty soon, the curtains in the living room began moving. Then we smelled cigarette smoke. Then I heard a dog bark. This happened in the late evening, early morning. We then took shifts in taking care of Tina. There were four of us. Anna and I had the night shift because Anna hardly slept. Lynn and Tina's roommate had the day shift. The medications were given one every hour, one every two hours and another every three hours. Family came and visited, spent time with Tina. Many came to let her know they loved her and would miss her. Others came to pray. It was truly a blessing knowing how much Tina went back to life she had. She was loved by many. On June 13th, Anna and I laid down in the living room. I was on a rollaway bed right next to Tina's hospital bed and Anna slept on the floor near us. Anna set her alarms in case she fell asleep so she would be able to give Tina her meds. Early that morning at 3 a.m. June the 14th, Anna had given Tina her meds. She then laid down. We set her alarm to the next time meds were to be given. Anna stayed awake for a while. She then heard snoring. She thought it was her sister Lynn in the bedroom. Then Anna heard a gasp. Coolness filled the room. She looked at the clock and it was very early. Anna got up and walked over to the hospital bed. The gasp she heard was her baby sister taking her last breath. She woke me up and said, Tina's gone, Mom. I said, no, she isn't. Check her stomach. Check her stomach. Is it moving up and down? She then said, no, mom, she's gone. We then woke Lynn and Tina's roommate to let them know that Tina had passed. We then called hospice so someone would come out to help us proceed with the next steps. Tina looked at Tina and said, look, Tina has a smile on her face. We all looked at her. We were 
sad, but we knew she was no longer in pain or suffering. When the hospice worker arrived, they called the funeral home. The funeral home came later. They let us spend as much time as we wanted with Tina before they took her body. Tina endured much in the short time she was alive. She overcame many trials and tribulations. She had many friends because she loved everyone. Even if someone did her wrong, she loved them. We were blessed to be able to spend the last few months and care for her the last eight days. She was here on earth. We found out that Tina was slowly dying. Months before she was in the hospital, food, water, other things didn't taste good to her anymore. She did love pickles, so she ate many of those. Interesting how a person's body prepares for death. She also began to sleep more. She would fall asleep in minutes. Even though Tina faced the situations in her life, she never felt sorry for her life, for herself. She always worried about others. She had a positive attitude. Her life changed when my sister-in-law came into the hospital and we prayed with Tina. It was then that we declared the Lord as her Savior. She was very able to enjoy and live her life to the fullest. We miss her dearly, but we know that someday we will see her again. We were given the opportunity that many people don't get. We knew Janet wasn't going to live long. We were able to spend time with her and enjoy her until God was ready to take her home. Many of us don't have time. Many of us are busy. Always make time to spend with those you love. Tomorrow isn't promised. I would also like to thank the donors' families for giving me my baby girl for the time her life was extended. Organ donation is very important to my family and me. Many of us become donors. Even if they can't use our organs, they can use our eyes, tissue, whatever else they can. I feel more at peace now that I got to share my story. I wasn't given the time with Tina that I needed and was robbed of. I can only look back on all the memories that I shared, just her and me. I love you, Tina. T. Louise Blair. Never take anything for granted. Live life to the fullest. Always tell your loved ones so much they mean to you because you never know when or